Welcome to the Misfit Stars podcast. I'm Shannon Curtis. And I am Jamie Hill. Hi, listeners. Shannon and I are a married pair of working artists. Weird. <laughs> this podcast is our weekly date for getting on microphones and talking. That's a normal thing to do. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. We talk with one another and we're talking with you too. And the conversation is about what's mattering to us this week. Just what has surfaced in our little two-person hive mind. Mm-hmm. We're so glad that you're here. Thank you for being with us. And hi, Shannon. Hi, honey. Uh, Shall we start with some announcements, announcements, announcements? Let's do. Hey, everybody, we've got a new album coming December 2. It's such a good frickin' record. It's called Good To Me. It's by Shannon Curtis. I helped make it. Uh, It has song, already has a song that's been on the radio, Mm -hmm. a big radio hit in a a localized market in a very interesting way. Not a market local to us. Weird and cool. (laughs) Uh, Like we're sort of a big deal in Northwestern Oregon. I don't know about that. (laughs) We're a medium-sized to small deal in in North. Northwestern Oregon. Mines, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whenever we go to Northwestern Oregon, there we are with our egos feeling big. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, that record is coming out December 2nd. The way you can help us prepare for this album release right now is you can follow Shannon on Spotify. Just go on Spotify, do a search for Shannon Curtis. You'll find Shannon. You'll recognize her pretty picture. Smash that follow button. Smash that follow button. The more people are following and listening to Shannon's music before album release day, the more people her new album will then reach subsequently. Yeah. You can also, therefore, help with this effort by listening to some of Shannon's music while you're there. I mean, you like us, you like Shannon, you like her music, just listen to a couple records. Why not? Just you know what I mean? while you're making dinner. 2020-101 from last year's up there. Great record. A precursor to this record, sonically and aesthetically speaking. You could enjoy that over uh, a glass of, I don't know, LaCroix? Oh yeah, sure, for sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was going to say like wine, but I'm not a drinker, so right. I'm not going to suggest it. LaCroix. LaCroix. Yeah, it means the cross. It's a perfectly normal thing to name a carbonated beverage. <laughs> well, thank you for that announcement. Mm-hmm. Uh, my other announcement is that there's this there's this weird thing I do uh, every mm. year mm. approaching the holidays mm. where I hang a shingle out uh, to, I, I am open for business for this thing we call personal songs. Personal songs. And so I'm a songwriter. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, personal songs are a way for you to tap into my songwriting ability. Yep and skills, and training, and experience. Expertise, even. Expertise. And uh, use that to give the most incredible gift you've ever given to a loved one this holiday season. You can weaponize this as a gift, but like in a positive way. (laughs) It's like a laser-guided missile directly (laughs) to your partner's heart. Or somebody else. Here's the thing. Okay, let me tell you what a personal song is. is. It is your thoughts, feelings, experiences, stories about somebody Mm-hmm. or somebody's mm-hmm. in your life that you want to express in a really special, like memorable, long-lasting way through a song, okay? So I take your your thoughts, experiences, and stories, and I write a song for you, for the person or people that you want to give the song to. And you have this beautiful, lasting very unique. I mean, very is not the word, word you use with unique. It's unique. There's yeah. not going to be anything else like it in the universe yeah. that you'll give to this person or these people. And it is really special. The I, reason Shannon's saying, by the way, for this person or these people, she keeps saying that, yeah. because like she literally just got hired. I was about to hired. tell you. Yeah. Oh, you I, were you? I, was, I'm about, I was about to tell you the go, whole thing. Go. So I have, I have room in my schedule for just a few of these this season because we have this album release happening. And so I'm very busy. Yeah. Very busy. Very things to do. Uh, but I want to do these for people who want to get in uh, with personal songs for the holidays. I've got a couple already on my docket. Yep. One of which 
I just, someone just put a deposit down for last week. Um, and it's for not just a person, but a group of people. This is so cool. This yeah. person contacted me and said, hey, what would you think about the idea of writing a personal song for a group of women who have been really helpful to me in some personal transition that I've been through in the last few years. What a neat thing to do. I mean, how cool. So yeah. this person's giving, she's giving a gift to a group of people um, and expressing her gratitude and love for them uh, for being there for her through this time, which is super cool. So your imagination about who you want to give this to is like, limit, there's no limit, right? Yeah. Like you think about it, but I do a lot of these for partners. A couple others that I'm doing this season already are um, from, from a mom to her kids. She's doing two songs, one to each of her kids. It's amazing. And Wish she had 10 kids. <laughs> She's got two. But so you can do this for a partner. You can do this for a family member. You can do this for a friend. Um, just whatever, whoever it is in your life. You can do you, it for an enemy. Maybe maybe this is your unique way to make amends. I don't know. Okay, okay, okay. I come from a recovery background. Sure. Uh, great idea, honey. So you you think about who it is that you are like thinking, I really want to give a special gift to this person this year. And you're not sure what that gift could be or should be. Consider this as an option. It's a really good um, option. Send me an email to get the information about how much it costs and what the process looks like. Uh, you can email me, Shannon at MisfitStars.com. Shannon has three ends. <laughs> Two in the middle and one at the end. Yeah. Shannon at MisfitStars.com and I'll send you the info and scene. Good. How, are, you, how okay. are you feeling, sugar? Thank you. Okay, so we're recording this on Monday evening. Uh, it'll November be, 7th. November 7th, The day right? right before the election. Yeah, and so it, but it, the, the episode will come out on like, you know, 12.01 a.m. on Wednesday the 9th yep. after the election's over. Uh, the reason that we're doing that is because we're going to be spending all day tomorrow. We usually record on Tuesdays, but we're spending our day tomorrow uh, working shifts for a voter assistance hotline to help people uh, figure out where their polling stations are and help people vote. That's what we're going to be doing on yeah. Tuesday, so we can't be doing podcast recording. And also fielding uh, calls, hopefully not, but potentially about election interference, intimidation, like that stuff all comes to the hotline that we're working on too. So it's going to be a really busy day for us. We're right. working for Wisconsin in the voter protection team. Right. So I'm saying that as a preface to how I'm feeling because uh, this is a big, this is a very important election in the yeah. United States. I, but I feel, and, and there's a lot on the line, right? And I've got more to say about this later in the podcast, but as far as how I'm feeling right now um, with that, that looming thing that's happening tomorrow, you know, uh, in the, in the future, in my mind, I'm actually feeling pretty steady. And I'm feeling pretty centered. Good. Um, I've been, it just is one of those times where, you know, my mind wants to future trip and my mind wants to get sucked into worry sometimes. Um, but I've been trying really hard to to pull out my tools and mm -hmm. use them and I, they're working. So yeah. I actually feel, I feel pretty good right now. I feel, I feel clear headed. Good. And that's nice. How about you? I'm having similar thought processes to you for sure. Same context. Mm -hmm. uh, the words I wrote down were trepidatious, but even keeled. Okay. You know, mm -hmm. uh, the trepidation is for sure there, but it's not piercing my joy yet today anyway. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. You know, like mm -hmm. I acknowledge it. I understand that things are fraught. 
Mm-hmm. Objectively speaking, things are fraught. It's weird to say this in what will be the past tense. You know, yeah. by the time people hear these words that I'm saying right now, the election will already have happened. Probably the results won't fully be known because that's how things work these days with yeah. mail-in ballots and all of that. You remember from last time, it was a nightmare. Uh, so we probably won't even know Wednesday. So there's absolutely no point in future tripping, like Shannon said about it. But you know, even if there were a point in future tripping. It's not healthy for me personally to do. So I'm just using my tools and making a point of not doing it. I'm acknowledging Mm -hmm. the situation. I'm acknowledging that it feels concerning to me, objectively speaking. Mm -hmm. But I'm also letting that go. I think I'm doing a really good Mm -hmm. job, at least in this moment. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll see what tomorrow brings. But at least for today, I feel like I'm doing an honestly pretty good job at just acknowledging that that's there and also just letting it be and it doesn't have to be on my side of the street and I don't have to be on its side of the street at least just yet and we'll just see how things go. Yeah, great. Yeah. I just, I want to say, you, you mentioned something about how last time with mail-in ballots things were a nightmare. I, I want to like, can we reframe that? Sure. Like, like, mail-in ballots are great. It's yes, a great way for people to access Republicans voting. Republicans were a nightmare yeah, about yeah, it. Right. I guess what I want to say about that is that like, it's we should start we should start normalizing for ourselves the idea that election results don't get reported the night of the election. Yes. That's not happening anymore. No. So like it is it's 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 fine that it takes a couple of days to count the votes. Yeah. That's fine. It is it that's just the way it's gonna be. We need to start re- like normalizing that, I think. Good point. So yeah, just wanted to you know point that out. Okay, so people, the new frame for this is as we all know, it takes a while to count mail-in ballots that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Because of that, we're not for sure going to know on Tuesday night, probably not even until Friday. Last night was Saturday, a couple years ago, you know? It could take a really long time to figure all this stuff out to get the accurate counts. People with good faith understand that that's true. Mm -hmm. There are people with bad faith who are trying to discredit it because more Democrats vote absentee right now. That shouldn't be the case, but Republicans have spent the last four years claiming fraudulently that absentee ballots uh, are susceptible to fraud. Which they're not. (laughs) Which they're not. Uh, But because of that, Republicans have been scared away. They scared away their own voters from doing the easy, safe, convenient thing to do, which is just to vote early from Uh, the safety of your own home. You know what I mean? And so as a result, we've got this real problematic situation. So just underscoring what Shannon said here, it's normal. It's going to take a while to know the results of this election. Mm -hmm. And we just all need to be patient about that. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, Thank you for that. Yeah. So uh, I have a couple of items on uh, our segment called Let's Get Less Dumb. Class, anyone? Anyone? I am eager to hear your items. You've got two. I've got one. How about we go you, me, you? Okay, cool. Okay, so the first the first item is it's 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 oftentimes for this segment I I bring something that's like, oh, a fun fact kind of thing, mm. right? And I do have a fun fact for my second item. But Good. this first item is more of a like, I'm getting less dumb over the last couple of days in a particular area. Like my brain is actually becoming smarter. Mm. And I want to explain this. Okay. It has to do with the Fediverse. It has to do with, so th- you heard that Elon Musk bought Twitter and has like just taken a just flamethrower to it. <laughs> like yeah. it's, he's destroying it in his first week or so of owning Twitter. It's like, wild how fast he's managed to do this. It's unbelievable. Making it a really not credible place to get information A anymore. dangerous place for yeah. a lot of people. It, yeah, exactly. And so as a result of that, we talked about last week how Jamie and I, how we um, we opened up accounts on uh, a, a, 
a social networking site called Mastodon, mm-hmm. which is part of this umbrella of uh, of servers that talk to each other in a social networking kind of way called the Fediverse. Okay? A better, a, a not better, but different way to Thank frame you. it is that like Mastodon, it, it's like it's one social network that's connected to the Fediverse. Mm-hmm. There are a bunch of different social networks, all of which are connected to each other, much in the same way that local post offices are all connected through the USPS and you can send a letter from anywhere to anywhere. Right. Or like how some people have a Gmail email address, some people have Yahoo, and it's they can they can send emails to each other because yeah. they all share the That's same right. protocol, right? Okay, but the way it functions, you know, it, for me is like when I go onto my Mastodon profiles, I can I see a feed kind of like Facebook, kind of sure. like Twitter, yeah. where people that I have followed have been posting things, and I can reply, I can re I can um, repost their ideas so that people who follow me can see them too. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. Here's how I'm getting less dumb yeah. in, as, in the process of using my account on the Fediverse because it is the, Fed, the all all of the servers that connect to the Fediverse, all of the like the Mastodons, the other instances that that can connect to and talk to each other on the Fediverse. They're not owned by corporations. They're not owned by some big entity that decides how we all have to behave or or decides what we all see yeah. based on their manipulative algorithms or whatever. Uh, they're not, it, they're all, each of these servers on the Fediverse, in the Fediverse are run by volunteers. Yeah. Uh, and they're small communities of people. They're moderated and administered by like lots of people all over the globe. You can have your own. Yeah. You can have your own server that's just you. Yeah. But you can connect to the rest of them in this way. Yeah. It's a, it's a decentralized system in that way. And so here's how my brain is getting smarter. The longer that I hang out in the Fediverse, and it's been so much fun. I love it. I'm meeting really cool and smart and interesting people. Me too, yeah. And having good conversations. Uh, the more that I'm realizing how broken my brain has been in its thinking about how social networking on the internet works. Yes. Like, I'm, like I'm, I'm feeling old patterns being unwoven in real time in my own brain, right? Because I think that what over the last, like what, 15 years, I've really allowed big tech to convince me that in order to connect with other people online, that it had to be in one of their for-profit walled gardens. Like, if I was going to connect to people, it had to be on Facebook or it had to be on Twitter. Right. And it honestly feels like I'm waking up to possibilities that have been there the whole time. Yes. But to which I had been blinded. Yes. Because I had bought into this idea that in order to access other people online, it had to be via some big, huge, big tech corporation. It had to be mediated. That experience had to be mediated by someone without your best interest at heart. Because here I am in the Fediverse and it's, it's... there's nobody collecting my data to sell ads. There's, there are no ads. There's no algorithm that's suppressing some posts and boosting other ones. To that, try to get you to stay on longer to sell you more ads. Exactly. None of that. It's You're not actu- being jerked around. We're I'm not being manipulated. not being jerked around. It is, so being part of that and like talking to people in that environment and, and coming as myself to that environment and not having to think about what kind of post is going to, you know, fool the algorithm into showing it to more people. Like, seriously, I can just come as myself. Yeah. And I can talk to other people who are coming as themselves. And it is just, it is rewiring my thinking about social networking altogether. And honestly, I mean, it's really cool. And before I go on to this next thought that I have is in sort of conjunction with this, 
if if you're curious about uh, the Fediverse, um, I just looked up Mastodon is this is the the social social network that you and I signed up with to yeah. to join. There are tons that you can, but the, a really great place to start is if you want to just learn more about it, go to joinmastodon.org, and yeah. we can we can link this in the show notes. Sure, join Mastodon and. M-A-S-T-O-D-O-N is how you spell Mastodon. Join, like, like the old-fashioned elephant. Yeah. So join Mastodon.org and you can read all about it and it will probably explain it better than I've explained it here. Um, but if you do, please get on there and let us know that you've signed up so we can follow each other. Yes. I, my hope, my, my genuine hope is that sometime in the near future, I can cancel my Twitter account I would love to cancel my Facebook account. Yeah. I would really love that. I hate it there. Yeah. I really do. Also, and I want to if be you're to- one of the thousands and thousands of people who are connected with us on Facebook because you love us and we love you, we we want you to know that like we love you and it's not you. Of course. It's, it's Facebook. No. And we probably won't be quitting Facebook anytime soon because we don't want to lose our connection to these thousands of people but- whom we connected with over the past decade and Absolutely. a half. But here's the thing. I really hope that enough people leave freaking Facebook yeah. and come join us on this completely open, decentralized, non-corporate way to connect with each other in the Fediverse. I, I, my hope is that that happens with enough volume that I can leave Facebook. I want yeah. to leave Facebook. I do. Yeah. So maybe you're feeling the same way. Maybe you're feeling like, it only makes me pissed off when I go on Facebook or it has <laughs> over the last number of years. You probably want to leave too, right? Here is an alternative. Like yeah. seriously, come on over, follow us, bring your friends, bring your family. Like we can change this. And here's the thing, like I, I really feel like this experience of, of having my sort of like eyes opened to how I had been like captured by the corporate big tech thinking around social networking, like it really makes me wonder what other like blindly accepted structures in our system have been blinding me slash us to possibilities that could free us in ways that the Fediverse is doing too. You know what I mean? Like there are so many things I think that I realize that, oh my God, I've just blindly accepted that this is the way things are because some big corporation has amassed enough power to convince me and enough of us that that's the way things are. Or sometimes to convince policymakers in Washington, Mm -hmm. D.C. that this is the way things have to be artificially. Right. Just because they have the power to make policy. And so like, this is just a really cool thought that I had. Like, what if this experience with the Fediverse that I'm having, like, what what if this experience that so many of us who have switched over, what if the experience we're having begins to sort of rewire our thinking in a way that kind of contributes to a revolution in more areas of society. Like, what if this experience really like opens us up to like, oh, wait a second. (laughs) Maybe there are more areas in our lives that we could be free in ways that we didn't think we could be before. Yeah. Anyway, I feel like I'm getting less dumb and I- You feel like your brain is being decolonized. It is, totally. Mm -hmm. It absolutely is. So that's my- that's my I'm getting less dumb item number one. What's your let's get less dumb item? Okay, so mine is apropos of a piece I read this week by a writer named Corey Doctorow. I've okay. probably mentioned him on here before. He's a really neat writer. He writes a lot and he writes constantly. Mm-hmm. He's just a deep thinker on a variety of topics mm-hmm. uh, having to do, generally speaking, with like... Uh, he he's interested in politics. He comes at it from almost more of like a social frameworks kind of angle, okay. if that makes sense. The piece that he wrote uh, this this week sometime, it was about 
the idea of colonialism vis-a-vis -vis intellectual property, right? Okay. How colonialism manifests itself in how we think about intellectual property. Okay. It's a fascinating article. If that little teaser kind of made you go, huh, that sounds weird and interesting, I'm going to link it and you can, read, uh, you can read the link. Can you flesh that out a little bit? Well, I'm just, I, I can't. It's a complicated piece, and frankly, we don't have the time to do that here. Oh, okay. But what I am going to do is just read you this little uh, snippet from it that okay. kind of gets at, the, at one aspect of what he's talking about. Okay. And I just thought it was so fascinating. Okay. So he's talking about uh, colonialism, which is, you know, inextricably intertwined, at least in the American story, with racism, and in most other countries' stories also. You yeah, know, the idea, white supremacy. The idea that you have to say that you're better than somebody else and that they're nobody, that they're not important, to then justify taking their shit. Right, yeah. <laughs> and their shit, like taking their, it can be their land. Mm -hmm. It can also, though, be their ideas. Right. And that's what he's getting okay. here with his intellectual property thing. Got it. Right? Yep. And so he says... Uh, I'll just sort of uh, ellipsis a little bit here into the part I was going to read about. So he says, uh, settler colonialism is also front and center in the most pernicious intellectual property debates. And he puts intellectual property kind of in okay. quotes, right? Uh, because it's just a fraud. Um, the parts of musical composition that Europeans reify, melody, that is, okay. are eligible for copyright. Okay, melodies are eligible for copyright in yes. European societies. Yes, and we know that from our work, right? Like, you can't copyright a chord progression, right. but you can copyright a melody. melody. You can't copyright a beat, but you can copyright a melody. Mm -hmm. Despite, I mean, think about, like, even in white people music, like, bump, 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 bump. Yep. Everyone knows who wrote that. Right. That is a composed thing that was made by Roger Taylor, the drummer for Queen. Right, right. right? Nobody else made that. He made that. But anyone can use it because in Western uh, thought, you cannot... Like you literally, anyone can use that beat, and people have used it throughout oh, time since. Right, because you cannot true. copyright a beat. You, can't you can only copyright a melody. Right, right. And okay. so he continues. He says the parts of musical composition that Europeans reify, melody, are eligible for copyright, but the characteristically Afro-Caribbean elements, i.e., complex polyrhythm uh -huh. or rhythm in general, yeah. are not. And this is exactly why people can just steal from Roger Taylor, that brilliant rhythmic idea that he mm -hmm. had that was totally unique to him in that moment, right? right? Like, anyone can steal it, and it's because of racism, right? And he, and he goes on to say, hence, the Beatles could appropriate R&B progressions and rhythms to make new music out of, or think about, like Elvis, we just saw the Elvis movie, everything he did, he just stole from black people, that's all right, it was, right. you know? Yeah. Uh, but woe betide the hip-hop artist who samples the Beatles to make a new composition today. Right, 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 right. The Beatles worked with unimproved nature, quote unquote, just like something they found in nature, unimproved. Oh. Just like rhythmic elements that people have been making for thousands of years <laughs> in their culture, oh, right? Gosh. Well, people who do sampling are stealing the intellectual property of the Beatles record label. Right. And like intellectual property, like every other bit of law, is completely abstract. It's just rules that people agreed upon. Well, who were the people? They were rich white people. Right. And so they decided that the things that they thought were valuable in their culture, right. like melody, that's the stuff that you could make copyright for. Right. But the stuff in black people's culture, who are black people? They're nobody. They can't copy that right. Their stuff, no one can copyright their stuff. It's not even music. So they're just going to 
take those beats, those ideas without any compensation or credit, and that is colonialism. Isn't it so crazy yeah. that colonialism isn't just for like slavery or stealing people's land? It it goes into every aspect of our lives, right. including intellectual well, property vis-a-vis music. Interesting. The who did you say invented the beat for we are the bump 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 the queen beat? Yeah, Roger Taylor, Roger drummer. Taylor. He was I mean, a drummer, right? Roger Taylor. I'm getting entire, that name right, right? It's entirely possible. I mean, Queen made that beat famous. Yep. But it's entirely possible that that was taken from somebody else yeah. who didn't ever get the credit, right? Probable even, right? <laughs> yeah, I exactly. don't know. I don't want to malign Roger Taylor. No, no, he was no, a brilliant drummer, knows? but yeah. Yeah, but I guess that it, 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 it's one of these things that exists beyond our even ability to trace or track it, right? Because the by, by very definition, like the folks from whom it was stolen are, you know, live in, in uh, uh, obscurity enough that we wouldn't ever know. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's how people yep. get away with it. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, and even if someone does sue, they've got no no leg to stand on because that's not copyrightable intellectual right. property that's crazy. because black people's rhythms aren't music. That's crazy. It's fucked up. Yeah, totally. So anyway, I feel less dumb if, if, <laughs> if a little bit more mad. <laughs> yeah, right? Okay, well, I have an item then that's not going to make you mad. It's going to make you go, what? Whoa. Or whoa, or something like that. Okay, so... Uh, Here's here's the background. I was on the phone with my mom earlier this week having a catch-up phone call, and she was telling me about a friend that she hung out with uh, who recently had a kidney transplant, mm -hmm. okay? And this friend, like, they, they had to wait for a little while because she was, you know, in a pretty... Uh, compromised state, immunologically speaking, after her kidney transplant. But they just hung out for the first time after this, you know, surgery. And so she was telling my mom all about her surgery and about the process and all that kind of stuff. And my mom told me that... Uh, that the surgeon, so she had a friend who who donated a kidney to her, right? Because her kidneys, what, I'm not even sure what the reason is, but her kidneys are not functioning enough to keep her alive on their on on their own without like dialysis and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So a friend uh, donated a kidney. They did not take out the old kidney. Whoa! The, this new and I, I'm like, wait, what? And so I looked it up, and it is true that your own kidney, your own kid, if you receive a kidney transplant. Your own kidneys generally aren't taken out when you get the transplant. Whoa. The surgeon leaves them where they are unless there's a medical reason to remove them. She's all jammed, like, just, just jammed full of kidneys. Isn't that crazy? That's nuts. I, I mean, I totally assumed that, like, if you're getting a transplant, you take the old one out, you put the new one in, you hook it up where it belongs, and da-da. And I'm not even sure how all the connections work. Like, they have to make, like, additional connections to the new kidney. Because the, the thing is, like, the old kidney is still being used also. Like, like this, So they just, like, branch it off like a Y for the output I, and input? I guess. I guess. Like, my mom's friend, the the kidney that needed transplanting or, like, Replacing, little, little really. Little help, really. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But it wasn't replaced. It was yeah. added to. Because, like, her old kidney, like, it had, like, 14% functionality, which wow. isn't enough on its own, but now that 14% functionality is added to the new kidney that's doing it. So like there's increased capacity. So now she's at like 114% on that side of her kidneys. I mean, I don't know if 100% like comes she's over got, like, in the transplant. super kidneys. <laughs> isn't that wild though? Wow. I had no idea. And I just thought I have to share. Well, I just really think that's fascinating. Yeah. I feel less dumb and kind of mind blown. I know. I know. Me too. Wow. So there you go. Okay, listen. What? I think that I need a gold star. You absolutely do need a gold star. I'm going to let you, obviously, make the request. And uh, I will pretend like I don't know what it is that you're requesting the gold star for. Okay. And then I will, like, enthusiastically give you, most likely give you a gold star. Okay. Boy, end. I okay. hope I get it. Yeah. So uh, I 
just last week, over this last week, had the completion, saw the completion of a project I've been working on for like two months uh, in which I basically corralled every single neighbor on our half of our block Mm -hmm. who didn't yet have trees in the green belt between the sidewalk and the road Mm -hmm. and the street, you know. There's like an eight-foot green belt like going all up both sides of our street. Mm -hmm. And there used to be these beautiful uh, plum and flowering cherry trees planted all up it back in the 80s, but a blight came through and killed a lot of them. So a lot of our neighbors have just had sort of bare green belts. Yeah. We planted a couple of trees in ours the very first year we lived here because we were like, well, this needs improving. So yeah, we did yeah. It. And then like, I, we just kept noticing all these other neighbors who didn't have trees there. And so I was like, I want to look at more trees. Mm-hmm. And so I convinced literally every single neighbor on our half of our block who didn't have trees to get at least one, most of them two trees to plant in the green belt. And I got the trees delivered by the city of Tacoma via this free trees program because if you get enough people together, you become a quote-unquote neighborhood group. Yeah. And they'll bring not just the trees, uh, but also all the planting supplies mm-hmm. that you need. And yep. they will give it to you all for free and they'll deliver it right to your house. Yep. And they will support you through the process. Mm-hmm. And even better, we have a neighbor who lives across the alley from us who's like a retiree. He's a retired Boeing engineer. He's a brilliant guy. And I think as brilliant people do or can be when they retire, his mind is still very active. He's looking for things to do. So he bought himself a tractor. He likes machines too. So we live in a, you know, a a neighborhood in a city, sort of suburban feeling city, inner city neighborhood, but we have a neighbor who has a tractor with a backhoe. And so I enlisted him with his backhoe to dig all the holes for this project, which like made his life. He was having so much fun. It was yeah. the cutest thing to see. Yeah. Uh, he let the kids down the street learn how to use a backhoe. They each got to sit in it and like play with the controls and so make the thing swing around. Cool. It was just the best afternoon. And we ended up the day with seven brand new trees. There are pin oaks. There is a catalpa. There is a tulip tree. Uh, and they're uh, going to be gorgeous. They're all little baby trees right now, but they're going to be growing. And they're already getting a lot of rain and watering this week. But seriously, you spearheaded this. Like, you definitely get a gold star. Gold star. Thank you. For Jamie. Like, it's really cool. Like, the the neighborhood will be greatly improved. And it's a program that the city does. Like, they'll give you free trees. But, you know, folks are busy and they don't necessarily see the announcement. And, so, like, and even, planting trees is hard. Yeah, and and it, even though you and I didn't have space for more trees, like your effort in actually doing this, like I saw you put in a lot of work to coordinate all this. It was yep. like hurting the neighborhood. People were like, it was kind of like hurting cats some yeah. days. You're like <laughs> trying to keep them on top of it. Yeah. But you did a great job. Thank it was you. so cool. It's a really- And now we have so many more trees on our block all of a sudden and it's great. And they're baby trees, but like by baby trees, they're all 10 feet tall. Yeah, totally. You know? So, like, they're already sort of substantial, but they're very skinny. They're like me at age 15. Very tall, (laughs) very skinny. Yeah. They're really, really cute. That's so great. Yeah. Uh, Well, we should probably transition into our This Feels Important. Please hold for a very important message. Right, and I want to ask you what you have first. Uh, you know, uh, we're pressed for time here. We're recording this before we have a meeting, and we've only got about 10 more minutes here. Oh, and so okay. uh, the only thing I wanted to say for this feels important is that Twitter is imploding. Social network, Facebook is laying off a bunch of people this week, like a lot of people. Uh, default social networks, their future is uncertain. Mastodon is amazing, and it's decentralized, and it's user-run. It feels like a logical destination. If anyone wants to join us there, I just wanted to say, get on 
on there. And if you need support or help, please just feel free to message me about that. Okay. You can email me at jamie at misfitstars.com. You could message me on other socials. Get in touch with me any way you know how if you need a couple pointers. The URL that Shannon gave earlier, joinmastodon.org, is a great starting point. The only thing you really need to know, the biggest starting point, is there's a bunch of different homes that you can sign up for. Much in the same way that if you're going for an email, you can go to Hotmail and get one. You can go to Gmail and get one. You can go to, you know, wherever you want, Yahoo and get one. You know what I mean? They're all equally functionally equivalent. The same thing with Mastodon servers. Pick one. You've got a bunch of options. Pick one whose name you like. That's literally it. They all work <laughs> exactly the same. There's no benefit to one over the other. Right. Uh, and just sign up. And if you need help from there, uh, I can help. Okay. That's well, that's it. great. Um, so my item for this segment is is related to the election. And I know that we're recording this the day before the election, but yeah. it's going to be, the episode will be posted after the election is over. Uh, but this thought remains true now and in the future, okay? And I, I, I'm just going to actually read, I, I posted this on, on um, I posted this on my Mastodon account earlier today. No big. I also posted it on my other social media accounts just because I wanted to offer encouragement to people. I'm just going to read my posts because I think that this is the best way to distill this. Uh, so here's a thought for anyone who is feeling tempted to succumb to worry about the U.S. election on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. No matter what the polls say, and they've been increasingly inaccurate in recent years, no matter what the pundits say, the incentive of big media is to keep us all freaked out, to keep our eyes glued to them for ratings and ad cash. So there's that, no matter what they say. The future is not yet written. True. Nobody knows what will happen on Tuesday. Even if you're listening to this early Wednesday morning when it comes out, the election results might not be finalized. Nobody knows yet what will happen in yeah. the final result. So, you know... In terms of, of of that, where I am, I'm speaking from the past here on Monday evening. I'm going to keep my head down and keep working all the way through the finish line and vote. I, yeah. I already voted, but that's that. But after Tuesday, yeah. Here's something else. No matter what the outcome of the election is, that future is also unwritten. That's right. We will write it. Yep. No matter what happens on Tuesday, we will choose to keep believing in and fighting for each other and for justice, no matter what happens Tuesday. Yeah. And look, I know the stakes are really high, and I know, I understand how close fascism is to gaining a foothold here in the United States, and that this election really will give us more information about the direction that's maybe going, yeah. right? But what we have going for us is the unlimited possibility that is perpetually unlocked by our love for humanity, just like all the fighters who came before us. Mm. Like, we might, as a country, elect really bad leaders on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. It might turn us in a direction that puts us into chaos that we do not need or deserve. Yeah. And still, mm -hmm. the future is not written. Okay, that does not seal our fate. We're going to have to figure out how to double down on what we believe in and on what we love. And we love each other. We believe in each other. We love justice. Yes. We believe in justice. Yes. We're going to keep figuring out how to do that. And we're going to write the future. Amen. No matter what. Okay? Right on. Thank you. Okay. That's important. I'd love it. Thank you for that encouragement, Shannon. You're welcome. Very good. Uh, let's finish up with a gratitude crank up. That sounds good. So I am really, really grateful for my recovery. Oh, great. Today. Um, and the fact that I feel like I have an, an intact emotional sobriety in order to weather this time that feels pretty fraught. Yes, that's a big deal. I'm really grateful for all the, the the tools I have to keep doing my own spiritual work to keep myself centered. 
Yeah. I'm really grateful for all that. I love it. How about you? I am grateful today for kind-hearted people on the internet, <laughs> specifically on Mastodon, mm. uh, reminding me that a lot of humanity is essentially good, and not just good, but smart and interesting and interested and mm. outward-looking and kind and thoughtful and engaged. Mm -hmm. uh, there are so many wonderful people out there, and it's so interesting. I'm seeing people who I saw in other internet places, specifically Twitter, acting in a kinder mm and gentler and more engaged way. Yeah. Not, not demagoguing from up on top of some pedestal that they perceive they're on. Right. But interacting more with the people with whom they find themselves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's really great. It really is this reminder that, as we were sort of touching on earlier, the the venue in which we talk about things shapes the kind of conversations that we're even able to have and the tone yeah. of those conversations. Yeah. Like the same people talking about the same things feels very different on Mastodon than it did on Twitter, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Even just like reading political posts and the subsequent engagement. Uh, on Twitter, it's uh, it's a me saying something and then a toxic tire fire afterwards. Yeah. That's just the only real dynamic when talking about civics or democracy or election integrity or whatever right, it might be in the right. United States, you know? But then you have the exact same conversation. You see the same conversation on Mastodon. And it's just someone saying something. Here's something I think is interesting or that I think it would be helpful for you to know. That's more the tone. Yeah. It's not me proclaiming. It's me sharing. And then there's people having thoughtful, respectful, engaged commentary and discussion afterwards. Mm -hmm. It's such a different feel. It really gives me a feeling for what the internet, I mean, A, could have been if we had only ever done federated, de like decentralized communications. Because mm -hmm. you got to remember, that's how the internet was started, right? right? It was computer to computer. That's what the internet was. It was just a way of connecting computers so they could all see each other and talk to each other, you know, like yeah. making a big super network. Right. Uh, and then it kind of got hijacked by corporations and oligarchs for their own financial and political interests. Right. You know, but we can take that back now. And right. it feels really exciting. It's great to see people out there who are so, like, so kind and interesting. And I'm very grateful just to feel that sense of possibility. That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Y'all, thank you so much for listening today. Um, and if you're having feelings about stuff mm -hmm. in the world, um, a couple things. Uh, if you want to message either of us about uh, stuff regarding this podcast, thoughts you have, we really want to hear from you. Yep. Like, send us email. Jamie at MisfitStars.com. Shannon at MisfitStars.com. Uh, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Mastodon at Shannon Curtis at Mastodon.social and Hilljam at Mastodon.social. Yeah, those, uh, those are the ways that, that folks in the general public can reach us. If you are part of our supportive community, our Misfit Stars community, mm -hmm. you can also uh, post or message us in our private social network. Yeah, we will need each other in there this week for sure. Yeah, for sure. So um, please do that. If you're not yet a supporter of Misfit Stars, if you're not part of that supportive community, we would like to invite you to do that, to just join up. Um, if what we're doing here with this podcast is a value of yours, is valuable to you, I mean, uh, if the stuff that we do in the rest of our lives, our music lives, our art-making lives, um, is valuable to you, you can show us uh, support for those things in a really practical way, and that is just by signing up for a monthly subscription yeah. to Misfit Stars. It's a tiny amount of money, but when you add it up to other people's uh, subscriptions and contributions, it actually helps it us helps. keep doing what we're doing. Yep. Like it really helps. It tangibly, financially helps. That's, yes. what, that's what it does. That's what it does. So go to misfitstars.com slash support. Yep. Choose your own adventure, the amount you want to contribute each month, and thank you. Thank you. 
That's it for today. We'll be back next week. Um, and until then, just really take good care of yourselves and be good to each other. Yeah, we love y'all. See you soon. Bye.